You're listening to The Contrary Beekeeper Show I'm Dan I'm Greg And I'm James Join us as we journey into beekeeping While we learn to be the change One hive at a time Hey, welcome back to The Contrary Beekeeper Show With Greg Burns and two random people Hey! I'm random guy number one, I'm known as Dan I'm random guy number two, known as Jim. <laughs> Spring came a bit early. We always go by old-timer sayings and phonology where it would be three snows after the Forsythia blooms. The Forsythia bloomed, and there was one barely uh, flurry of snow. And I heard you guys talking about that on the uh, Contrary Farmstead. Did you just... Thanks for the plug! Well, Susan was saying that you kept telling or telling her that there would be three snows, and there was not three snows. What are you saying, Dan? I was wrong? No, I was just saying you haven't learned yet. Your wife's always right. See? Smart man. <laughs> smart, smart I didn't, man. I, I didn't say you were wrong, did I? See, Dan, Commander Dan, see, he knows how he, to work it. He does he knows, know how to work it. He knows how to work it. Ladies, Dan is not single, but he knows how to work it. Work what? Yeah, Jimbo. Work what? Yes. Just work it in general. What? What is? What is the it? What is the what, what you tell me, Dan? You're the one that's the commander, not me. When you figure out what my it is, we'll get to it. Greg's actually had a lot to do in the bee yard right now. So, how has your spring sprung, and what has changed in your apiary? A lot has changed since uh, this past winter. Susan and I decided to make some pretty. Uh, lofty goals in the bee yard that we wanted to cut back on uh, raising pigs and chickens and focus our time, energy, and money into building a small commercial bee yard. Maybe a more sideline scale would be more appropriate. Would it There's be not that many. beyond commercial? Beyond commercial beekeeping. So what do you consider to be... Size-wise, what would you consider to be commercial or sideline? I don't know. I'll, I, to be honest, I don't even know all these uh, things. And to be honest, before I said to be honest, I was actually still being honest. So hmm. I don't want you to think the wrong things about me here, Jim. Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> I was told every time someone said to, when they answer you with to be honest, they're usually about to come out with a lie. That's true. Because why would you have to reinforce your character if you're going to make a statement that is obviously false. Are you trying to deceive us, Gregory? If I say to be honest before, to be honest, I think there's a grammar laws about two negatives make a positive. You mean a double negative? A double negative makes a single positive? You know who I know loves double negatives? Oh, she does love double Professor negatives. Professor Mrs. Linda Bokris herself yes. loves the double negatives. Professor Bokris. I can't not bring her into this conversation. I mean, it's just, the reason why I get tripped up on that is because I don't really, I, I don't, the, you know, like when the scale differences between sideliner and commercial and backyard, I don't even, I don't, it doesn't really even matter. What what I do know is that we decided to, to uh, set some goals to where we can start building the bee yard out um, a little bit to where we can sell fat bee man queens and nukes. Whatever you call that, at whatever size or scale that it is, right now it's very humble. Uh, and we're trying to keep things uh, growing at a rate that we can try to keep up with it. What do you consider fun. humble? Uh, 
hum, something with within our means of I know time. I meant like how many beehives do you have out there right now? Oh, if I can keep it under 150, that would That's a big humble. Well, yeah. I've had a, there, there's been a lot going on um mentally with uh my ap- approach to beekeeping just in the last few months uh that has has kind of slowly been shaping. Uh, but I've been spending a lot of time uh, down with Don the Fat Bee Man, learning a lot of these things hands-on, and going down and learning from him. Susan and I are going to talk about some of these things into more details because a lot of lessons I'm learning down with Don go well beyond beekeeping. They 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 go into other aspects of life. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely learning some way out of the box thinking uh, and management techniques from Don that leads to a yard full of mated queens and more bees than I can make boxes for. Was that a woodenware pun? Thinking outside the box? <gasps> oh, you, know I'm, you know I'm a oh. huge fan for terrible bee puns. Terrible bee puns. I love them. So yes, our, our yard's grown a little bit since uh, coming out of the winter. So what did you have at winter, coming out of winter? We had eight real nice colonies. And you're at? 63. Wow. That's a jump. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of a jump there. So for you labor wise, what's the what's the change in the labor? At least from this time last year. Because I know you had here's some. A, here's where this gets weird. And you folks who haven't been here at the yard and worked with me before might not understand it. Uh I'm spending a whole lot less time per hive than I ever have. And I'm getting ten times more done the time that I'm spending working the hive, because of some fundamental things that I've learned from Don, and bigger picture things about what each hive means in the great scheme of the bee yard. So you have a more efficient flow, way more efficient flow. Okay. When I go down and learn from Don, I'm, he's he's shaving what seems like seconds or even minutes off of every hive inspection, and then when you have a, a specific goal in mind, then it all. Uh, kind of piles up to where you end up being able to get a lot more done in a lot less time. But more importantly, you have a specific goals in mind. Now that we 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 just had our um, our local Ohio uh, inspection, we're certified uh, to sell queens and nukes. Um, and when you start thinking about things in that manner, um, every action you take is either to support getting a queen mated or to, to support uh, getting a nuke box filled out. Also to support uh, some of your bigger resource size to keep growing in size, um, so you can then kind of support all the other things that you need. Everything kind of flows together, uh, and when you learn to uh, that there's a specific way you go through your yard and specific goals, um, you learn how to mark your boxes and know what's going on, and so that you're not just going from one box to the next to one stand. There's a very uh, deliberate and meticulous order that you keep, um, so that the first thing you're looking for is swarm cells and things of that nature. Boxes, you're going through boxes that may have extra. So when you're going through the rest of your hives, when you come on that hive that needs something, you know exactly where to grab it from. Yeah. You don't have to get your, your, you know, your hive track tool or your iPod out or a piece of paper and write down all these notes that, you know, this hive on this stand needs this and then have to circle back to it maybe. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is once you get, you know, past 20 or 30 hives, you can lose track really quick on what's going on. Yes. And if anyone has ever inspected 30 hives, your first few, your first few years of doing that, it can be pretty taxing. It, it, it can, it, it can yeah. wear you out. 
But it takes time also for you to find your own rhythm, what works for you, and how you inspect hives. But I'm I'm sure that you've learned a lot on actually breaking through and what the priority list is. Because exactly. that's what my problem was for a long time was what is the priorities? What am I actually doing in here? Yes. Because, I, I mean, when I was first getting started, I couldn't tell you how many times I opened up a hive. And then I kind of like, well, what am I doing? I'm going, I'm, you, you revert to, well, I gotta, I got to find the queen. Well, there's some boxes you can literally take ten minutes or longer find to find yep. a queen, especially a young virgin queen who's running around them. Pot, you know, she, you can't sometimes find her. Those things that I've learned from Don to kind of key in on um, to locate her if I need her. But more importantly, why do you need to find the queen? You know, if you're working with Don, you know. You gotta save time in the bee yard. He's shaving time off. He wants to make a beekeeper ad. You can't waste time in the bee yard. Yeah. Why do you need to find the queen? You only need to find her really if you're making a split or if you're caging her up to sell. There's things that you look for, um, evidence that she's been there. The day old egg sticking straight out. You yeah. know, if you're going through a hive and you see a day old egg, you can quickly then go through your frames, check for a swarm. You know, check for your queen cells. If you don't have any queen cells, put the hive back. Move on to the next one. Yep. Now I I did notice going through there this morning and sitting there with you and watching them. You have a whole different feeding regiment. Totally Can you change that elaborate up. a little bit more on that and contextually how it fits with you and where your threshold was to where you actually decided to change? So, you know, last year, getting up to about 30 hives are primarily, first, if folks don't understand feeding versus not feeding, when, you're, when we're feeding young hives, we're encouraging them to make carbohydrates, which then makes them... Uh, go into wax production mode and when they go into wax production mode they can draw out more foundation so they can then store nectar they can store pollen they can draw out cells for the queen delay so when you're starting off young packages um, or making uh, small splits or you just want to grow the yard out you can use sugar to facilitate that biological uh, response response in the honeybee so in the past we have fed the honeybees um, with through our top lid using a quart jar it was a regular mouth quart jar, two and three quarter inch hole cut out of the lid. Uh, we'll mix up some essential oils uh, in that mix to help um, get them off to a good start. And it seemed to work out really well for building brood and, and for getting wax uh, built out quick. The issue is, is you can only mix so much of that at once. And when you're going into quart jars, you know, the, depending on the time of the year and how much flow is on, you know, that quart jar may last four days. It yeah. may last 12 days. On average, if you factor in seven days, every week you got to be changing that quart jar out. Yep. Well, if you think about the mechanics of making up uh, uh, your, your sugar syrup, our context changed. Is When we had to mix out of more than a five-gallon bucket, things started to change. A five-gallon bucket, obviously, is 20 quarts. So at 20 hives, if you have to, to, to refeed every single one of them, you can do it out of a five-gallon bucket. Or really, it's a six-gallon bucket with a little bit of headspace so you yeah. can work in there, a brew bucket. That worked out great. You know, when you've got nukes and you've got, you know, 20 or less, feeding them out of quart jars was beautiful. It was awesome. Yep. As soon as you get over 20, you have to determine, am I going to just keep making five-gallon mixes or bucket, or am I going to keep making it in five gallons, or am I going to step it up and go to a 30-gallon or a 50-gallon barrel and and then make those in? When you get to that level and you have that many hives, the, one, of, one of the issues of, of saving time is going from quart jars to uh, gallon containers of feed. 
So that's what, four times the volume? Four times the volume. Um, and what I've noticed is from all the, we just, we, we put in a bunch of packages. Um, we made a bunch of really, uh, some would say crazy splits, three-way splits out of packages. How'd those turn out? Awesome. Okay. It turned out beautiful. Uh, we, we brought, um, as we've mentioned before, our goal with the, the B run was to um, have uh, enough profit on that to reinvest right back in the yard so we could be in the black year one on growing our yard to where we're currently at right now. And we did that. However, the time it takes now to manage 63 colonies and growing is I can't be managing 63 quart jars. Yeah. And that many five-gallon bucket mixes. So now we're set up with a 50-gallon plastic drum, uh, a submersible pump from Harbor Freight, where we can mix uh, directly into those, and then gravity feed or even pump feed from there into one-gallon buckets. The difference, they're real similar, where we've kind of rigged up a one-gallon bucket that has a, um, a little pull, pull-out plug in the center of the lid. Yeah. So the, the lid actually stays on the bucket and it stays sealed up, never comes off. Have you made a video yet explaining actually? We're actually gonna, we're gonna make a video and break it all down so folks okay. can, can build their own. Uh, if they want to, if they want to uh, reach out, if they don't want to build the stuff, I'll build them for you. Let me know, but I'm gonna make a video so everyone can build their own too. They work out really great. We're actually building a hundred for uh, Don Fat B Man loves them. We're gonna build them a hundred more um, for his yard. They work out really great because you can just pull a little plug out of the middle of the lid, fill it up, and put that plug back. Inside of that little plug has a very small hole that allows the syrup to drip through without drying the bees. Yep. And so they can go up and they can hit that and pull that feed down as they want. But what I've noticed is they've been on now for well, a little over two weeks. Yeah. And seven-eighths of the buckets are still full because we're still in full. We're in, we're in flow right now. Yeah. Got the black locusts on. Uh, we're just coming into blackberries on. The dandelions are on. The clover is now coming in red and white, and they'll be around for a little while. There, so there's a lot for them to forage on. They're not even really hitting it. Um, some of the smaller hives, we um, we installed packages into uh, five frame deeps. We took a package and split that package three ways: a pound of bee, pound of bees into each medium five frame box. Um, and then added added a, a, a caged queen to each box. So we got you know essentially three colonies out of out of one package. That worked out really really great. We ended up installing those at nighttime uh, with flashlights and headlamps. But the trick I think for us, which was a complete accident, it was it was so late it was dark. We put a shaker box, which is a, just a spare medium box, over top of our uh, box that we were shaking them into. We put five frames into the bottom five-frame medium box. We put a five-frame empty medium box over top of that. Mm-hmm. We hit the, the bees with sugar water, and then we shook the packages into that top empty box, and they, they just dropped right down, right on top of the frames. As soon as we did that, we closed the lid on top of that, put our bucket feeder on top, and then put the package near the entrance. And every single one of them are strong with zero drifting. How long did you leave that uh, shaker box on top? Uh, we left most of those on for three days. and three days, we came back in uh, just to check and make sure the queen, um, they either released her or she could get out. On a couple of those, because it was dark um, and some of the frames weren't drawn out, we didn't get the cage pressed in just right. And some had fallen on the bottom board. Yep. So we just opened up the cork and direct released her and she went right to town. So, so we were, you know... 
some would say pretty risky with doing three-way splits on a three-pound package. What was your overall success rate with the three-way splits? Uh, I think I'm almost 100% on the three-ways. Okay. I've had uh, the only the only splits that I made um, that actually they all took. It was just some of them were a little bit lean. Uh, and that's where I was in a hurry. I only shook out like one or two frames of brood into a box and put a queen in there. Um, I should have closed them up maybe a little bit longer, but the field bees end up flying out of those boxes and back to their home, their home yeah. hive. And so those numbers were a little bit lean. They're actually picking up now, uh, and everything's looking pretty good. But we just had our inspection, and uh, we got a clean bill of health. So that's that's pretty sweet. When are you going to start selling uh, nukes and queens? Right now. They're ready. Uh, as soon as we get done recording this podcast, I got to go out and uh, get some uh, cages queened, or cages queened up, queens caged up, uh, get some nukes uh, put together. We've got nukes going to Pennsylvania, New York. I've got uh, queens going all over the place too. I'm trying to be uh, also trying to trying to not grow at a rate that I can't maintain my stock. Yep. Right now, we're at a phase where we have a demand. Um, that exceeds our ability to currently make enough bees and make enough boxes fast enough. So we're trying to make sure that we, we're trying to find our happy sweet spot where we maintain X amount of colonies and that we're constantly refreshing the queens either from uh, crowding them out to make swarm cells or grafting to see what works best in our context. So right now our queen castles are all full. Um, they're all, you know, have queens getting ready to come on. We've got a couple of different boxes that we're grafting into. Those are we got two, so two frames that are full of queens. We'll see how that kind of plays out. So we're at a really exciting new phase in the farm's growth right now, to where we're trying to do right by the bees, uh, uh, treat them in a respectful manner, where we can raise this stock uh, and do it in a way to where the yard is sustainable first and foremost, where I don't have to keep buying bees to supply bees for my yard. Um, but do it in a way where I'm still having fun. I'm still uh, enjoying the process. I'm still getting all the things that we've talked about as far as the, rela- the relationship with the bees. Um, and then I, I think what I love most about it is working with people uh, and, and getting them those bees so they can take that home and they can build you know, their yard up. Uh, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, and I also always enjoy pushing myself. You know, seeing you know where your limit is, where my limit is. Yeah, right now I'm in a really comfortable spot with with 63. Uh, I feel like I need to get uh, to about 125 uh, going into the winter time. So I've got enough uh, expecting any kind of winter loss. I've got enough uh, healthy overwintered stock to come out and make some splits, make queens, and, and satisfy you know demand coming out of the spring. So kind of in a um, really neat spot. Maybe we should have another show coming up. Uh, Maybe a hive essentials on splitting and all the options that you actually have and the things that you can do that you don't really think about. Yeah, and the success rate and the epic failure rate because I've had some very epic fails with splitting. How did your? Uh, how'd you come out of the spring? Uh, actually, I did pretty winter, well. I mean, yeah. uh, guaranteed. Well, granted, with everything that was going on with hive swarming this and that, I lost a, a good bit. Uh, I think we did the math and it was like a sixty-six percent loss. But, Winter loss. Yeah. I had a couple mice problems, and the ones that I lost were no big shock to me except for one, which I think was mostly moisture issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found uh, solid evidence of mites in there, Yeah, which I should have gone back around and at least had a 
regimen of treating with a silk acid like three to four times. Got lazy, only did it twice, which is my fault. Uh, but it was it was a good hive that was going, and I think just water was creeping in right at that very end of winter when we were getting rain and yeah. snowy mixes, and it was just not fun at all. Added up. Yeah, yeah. but I got six packages from you for the great american or the great and Dan's excellent adventure yeah so i got six packages one actually went to a cousin of mine that is getting into bees this year tried last year didn't work out and he is ecstatic about them and his are doing actually exceptional nice so uh he made the mistake. He got white plastic foundation mm. and was real concerned that his queen was gone because yeah. he couldn't find any eggs yeah. and couldn't find a queen. Yep. So we went over there and actually after about 10 minutes, we were able to find eggs. Nice. But uh, with mine, though, we took uh, our five packages and got a bunch of extra queens with it. And right off the rip, we split those packages into two hives apiece and put them into five frames. And How'd that work out? Uh, I've had 100% success right nice. with them. It helps having good bees in good stock and bees that you're not, not that you're afraid to go work them, but bees that are gentle enough to where you can enjoy yes. working with them. I think a lot of it too is a level of personal comfort. A lot has changed since last year, I think yes. for all of us, hasn't it? Oh yeah. There's there's a unique sense of relaxation going into this year. I'm not sweating things as much, but for me it's also that third year to where... Uh, normally people get what over cocky yeah that they have the know-it-all attitude and I'm trying not I'm trying very hard not to do that yeah uh, so it's more or less just let's try to keep them alive one more year see what happens we're at a solid 15 now uh, I came home to a bunch of uh, swarm cells nice so and they were uh, towards the bottom of the frame on partially on the wood so I wasn't going to try to cut them out and to make multiples, but yeah. each frame had like four. Their own wood like yeah. yeah, each frame had like four on there, and they all got split apart. Yeah. Well, were those from the new packages you got? No, no. I have one hive that came out and was putting bees on like gangbusters. Uh, the two other hives that survived and did all right, uh, they probably had half a box full, and I'm not going to this one. They had both eight frame boxes full. Nice. It was amazing. And she had every cell laid. So I definitely took her and uh, I took her swarm cells and put them off into another box and got some, just a frame of brood and then another frame of nectar and pollen. So, and so then you've jumped up and you're, you're looking at 15. And what do you, what, uh, we just talked about my goals is, is to build a bee yard, sell stock. What are your goals with the bee yard this year? I want to make honey. Yeah. I just want to get some honey out of it, get something to sell, yeah. try to start to recoup a little bit of this uh, bee cost. <laughs> as much as it's a hobby, it can still be a very expensive well, it's hobby. It's got to be at least a sustainable hobby. Oh, absolutely. If you can break even and then go in the black, I mean, that's 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 great. Yes. So we want to try to get some honey out of it and see what we can do with that. But right now, it's as much as getting honey as also trying to get these packages into something that's going to be workable for next year. Right. And get enough that we can overwinter and just could jump straight into Come honey out production. Come out spring like gangbusters. Yep. Yeah. So for us, it's really laid back and chill. 
We are trying out. I got three bucket theaters from you. Yeah. So we're trying those out right now. Since we only got 15, it's... You're right at getting right at the level there. Yeah. So <laughs> we're at 15 now. So it's just to see how they work for me and how well they fit with our B yard. So it's going to be interesting to see how those play out. Right. But so far, they seem to be doing well. The hives are on are doing pretty good. So I put them immediately on those two splits that I made from the uh, swarm cells. So... So you've grown the yard, you've got clear goals, you're having more confidence, you're more comfortable, you have a, a sense of uh, direction uh, coming into this year, probably as opposed to last year. Sounds like you're oh, very much on the so. right foot. Oh, yeah. So it's it's just trying to keep it calm and relaxed. Jimbo, how, how are, uh, talk to us about where your bees were uh, coming out of the winter and kind of where you are now and what goals you have for... Uh, this year, I guess that puts you now at uh, second-year beekeeper. Yes, I am officially second-year beekeeper. And uh, to celebrate my second-year beekeeping, I lost all my bees this past winter. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, they made it to about February. Yeah. Did you learn anything out of it? Yeah, well, we learned quite a bit. So uh, it's not going to be a total loss then? And it's not. You know what? We're completely in the black. You know, from the honey that we harvested from yeah from from those hives, you know, so it's not a loss, but financially and then also mentally, it's not a loss because learned a whole lot. Yeah, uh, you know, um, being a first year beekeeper, you know, had a lot of questions. So, you know, me and Greg and Dan, we all went back and forth, you know, with pictures, you know, over text messages, you know, trying to figure out what happened. It was a February day, uh, you know, one of those fifty deg- fifty degree spikes. You know, uh, whereas like, okay, it's a great chance to go, you know, look into the, you know, to the hive. You know, I, look, you know, I saw them in January a couple of times that they were out and about, but so February, it pop open to the boxes and out of all, on all three hives, all the bees were at the bo- very bottom dead. Mm-hmm. You sure they just weren't sleeping? I, I, I poked them a few times. They weren't sleeping. That's okay. But they did were you, all. Did mis- you put some in your hands and blow on them and take them inside the kitchen and say, "Wake up, little fellas! Wake up!" I tried a little BCPR. You know, just wanted to make sure you nothing. didn't throw out some bees that were just sleeping. You can tell. Like, I've, I've I've thought that too because you'll see them as they call it torpor and they go into like uh, hyper dormancy and you're like, are they dead or are they just sleeping? And you can kind of you can rustle them up sometimes and get just enough of a reaction out of them. We're like, oh well, I guess they're alive. Or you don't and they just fall over backwards. And their tongues are hanging out like, oh, no, they're, they're dead. Well, I think the sure clear sign that they're dead is that all their heads are missing. Oh, that well, that'll do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty clear and straightforward. Our pets' heads are falling heads off. Heads are missing. That sounds like they had they got ate up by... by uh, do you have any aggressive uh, bees near you? Yes. Uh, so maybe a mile down the road is a, you know, a beekeeper who has some very aggressive Russian bees. Mm-hmm. And then a couple miles down the road is another beekeeper that uh, that I know uh, has very aggressive bees as well. And so, I wonder if your bees got sick or they were sick from the beginning, and then the, those aggressive bees came in, worked them over, and then robbed them out. So they were that, able to defend themselves. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, the conclusion we came to. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw mites. You know. They were already compromised, shriveled up wings, things like that. Too. Yeah, so it's like I'm not I'm not blaming the aggressive bees. No, the, they're, they're, the, the bees do. They're going to do what what they do. They're yeah. an opportunity, and I think you probably got in just in time before they ate you out of all the honey. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know like 
I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm in the black still. Yeah. But I, I lost half my honey. From, from, Jan- them out. from them robbing them out from January to February. I already lost half my honey. And you had a hell of a time, I mean, just getting started with the fact that the bees, I mean, if I remember right, listen back, but they weren't exactly super healthy when you first started off with them, were they? No, they're, the two hives were healthy, one hive was not. Okay. And that, and that, and that was the hardest, you know, the hive of all was the, the one that... The welfare hive. Yeah, the welfare hive, the queen, you know, up what? and left. Where, did you have to, if I remember right, were you starting in those, you had to, uh, what were you, you had to feed the bees something because they had no zemo or they had yeah, something yeah. to start off with? Yeah, like some kind of thymol, you know, additive. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. Yeah. You know, because they, they, you know, they, when they came through Georgia, they got inspected by uh, the state and they said, you know, there's, you know, traces of no zemo. Okay. So, so they didn't, that, that really didn't get off to a super healthy start to begin with. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I like to think, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know. They, I, yeah. they, they seem fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, after, you know, after a while, but yeah, they didn't get to start off with not exactly, but you get, you seem like they had them, had them, got them back on track and started to had them, started to give them to, yeah. to, to build out. What was? Yeah, yeah. If you think it was mites that got them. What was your mental train of thought as far as uh, pest management or at, at least observation, what your feelings are on what to do if you have a mite problem? So, being my first year, I wanted to observe. Yeah, That was my goal for the first year, and that's what I did. I didn't want to sit there and try to figure out you know, 10 different ways to uh, address each situation. I wanted I wanted to learn. I wanted just to sit back and observe scientifically what's going on with these bees. Uh, I didn't want to just you do know, something for the sake of doing. Do it. something for sake of doing yeah. it. Add ten things in the mix, but not know which one of those ten things worked or didn't work. Smart, yeah. Uh, so I I didn't treat. Yeah, you know, and that and that's not me preaching for treating or not treating. Right. No, yeah, no, that's 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 what that's what happened. Yeah, it's just is that just what happened? I didn't treat. They got compromised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but I met my goals. I right. observed, and and I'm still in the black. So I, you know, it's I'm not trying to be cold hearted, but I did what I set out to do for the first year. Yeah, you still want to be right by the bees, but when it comes to a lot of these things that we delve into, whether it's the right or the wrong way to look at it, when you're investing uh, your finances into these kind of things, you know, it, it, a smart man does it and assumes a certain amount of risk, mm-hmm. and, and also uh, risks a certain amount of capital to do something like that. And you can't keep risking capital over and over and over and over and over again and not be seeing any kind of return on that investment, or you're literally just burning your your hundred dollar bills. Exactly. Yeah. You got you know honey out of it, uh, and so although yes, you still respect the life of the honeybee, um, and you want to do right by them, financially speaking, you did okay because of the honey that you collected on the mm-hmm. hive. And and I and you know you know touching on respecting the life of them. That's you know I I I didn't compromise them in one way or another as far as you know I, I didn't do, do them any harm I just you know I, like I said I sat there and I observed and my thoughts were okay you know let's see you know how they naturally do in their environment yeah I, I didn't throw them any curveballs I just said okay let's just see how you do here right 
So, you know, I, I have emotionally, I have, I have no regrets for what I, for, you know, sure. for how I do things, right? Because I meant them no harm. I let them, I let them try to figure their own way out, you know, and and just to see what happened. Yeah. So you know that's and that's you know you know so that's where it left me you know big you know end of February, and it does you know so you know yeah I know coming up this year I am going to treat, you know that's that's my you know my goal this year is a treat and see now how does that affect things right again from a you know scientifically standing back, you know and just observing things, and I've seen first year what it what it does to treat them, I saw the outcome. Right. Not not to treat them the first year. That's yeah. the outcome. Yeah. And now the second year, I am going to treat them. Now I'm going to see the outcome. Am I going to get the same result? Am I going to get different results? I don't know. You know, and I can watch everyone else's journey and listen to what they have to say. But I don't. I don't know until I do it. I'm hands on. I don't understand right. it until I do it with my own hands. Well, you're the one's got to lay your head down on your pillow at night. You're the one that has to make your decisions. You know, you can't just copy what somebody else does. Because they appear to be successful for whatever reason, you have to do. You got to follow your gut on those kind of things, and sometimes, uh, you know, you might follow your gut and not treat because you have some lessons to learn, or one way or the other. So, where where are you at mentally um, this year? How are you preparing uh, to continue your journey in beekeeping? And have you have you noticed any differences in getting started this year versus getting started last year? So yeah, there's just some big differences this year. Uh, I uh, got some Don Fat Bee Man's uh, bees, small, small cell bees, brought up uh, th- thanks to you. Um, so I, you know, I, I last year I had carnolians and I and I loved the carnolians. They were super chill, you know, except for always like when they cracked open the hive at first. There's always a, a few a holes that came out. Had guards you. that come up and bump you. Yeah, but you know that wasn't any too big of a deal. Uh, so this, so now I got the small cell bees from from Don the Fat Bee Man, and uh, I got, I'm starting off with three hives again this year. And you know, my mindset is completely different this year. Installing the packages last year, you know, I you know I had a, a bee mentor help me install the packages because that you know I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, and he told me it's you know super chill, don't worry about it, but I'll, I'll still be there to help you. You know, and it, it was easy. And yeah, you know, but I was still nervous last year. Yeah, yeah and so the, this year going into installing the packages, I'm not gonna say I wasn't not I wasn't nervous at all. I you know I was always there's always some bit of doubt and nervousness, but I went to do it on my own this year. I didn't ask for any help. Um, once I got in, I just got into the moment of it, of installing the packages. It was that was like an aha moment for mm. me. That was just like you know like. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I felt like I was a part of it. I got, you know, all these, you know, I'm pulling the queen cages out of these packages and I got some, you know, bees rustling up. They're pissed off or whatever because, you know, I'm I'm messing with their queen now while trying to get them installed and didn't phase me one bit. I kind of felt like I was one with all these bees. Nice. And somehow bond bonded with them you know not to get all woo woo but i bonded yeah. with 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 them it just felt right and it felt right yeah didn't get stung once installing all three packages which you know i'm sure is pretty atypical but you know wasn't a worry didn't happen it was boom 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 you know i had them all installed in under an hour 
Working gentle bees makes a big difference. That is something I've noticed too. Is I've yet to get hit in the bee yard this year. Yeah, last year is quite a few times. It's just even even with my hives that aren't don stock, yet to get hit. Yeah, and there's vastly more bees than those since they've been around a lot longer and they've right. had a lot more time to establish. But I, I think it's just a cool level head coming through. They, they, they definitely sense and pick up on those kind of things. They do. There's a there's definitely a, a difference uh, in stock. On some, it can be calmer and more gentle, and maybe uh, get set off less. But you can take a level-headed, cool-headed beekeeper, uh, and you know go work angry bees, and they will be less angry. You can take a uh, a roughed-up, hot-headed uh, guy with a temper who's having a bad day. And go work the calmest bees in the world, and they're going to react, and they might get ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it was it was kind of a mo- like a aha moment for me when I was down at Don's because his son's there doing the packages and loading them up, and there's bees flying every which way with those packages. They just latched on the outside, and uh, I saw him with a fat dipping, and I said, "Hey, uh, what are you chewing by chance?" He goes, "Oh, Copenhagen wintergreen." So nice flavor. Do the bees react all to the fact that you're chewing wintergreen chew? And he said, honestly, if you are not scared of the bees, they won't bother you. And that's always stuck with me because there's just so many red flags there that everyone's told me don't do this. And he's standing there throwing bees around with no suit on. And it was just a little eye-opening moment. Something magic about watching about watching Don or his son with all that stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're they are contrary beekeepers. They're, they're the epitome. Everything that you've ever heard that you're supposed to do that you're supposed to do that, they do the complete opposite, and they have tremendous uh, success. And a lot of it is the mental approach. Yeah. Now, Greg and I both did wild splits. Well, we both I did. Not so wild, but Greg did wild splits with his packages. Did you do anything with yours, James? I did not do any initial splits with my packages. Um, that is my goal this year is to split, do splits. Uh, I mean, I'm looking for a little bit of honey, you know, for the family, but not as much honey, just enough to get us through. And I like to be up. My goal this year is to uh, have more enough hives going into winter. That I can feel comfortable if I do have some losses. Yeah. That I won't have to purchase more hives next year necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Is I think everyone should have the sustainable bee yard. Depending on what your context is, I mean, to not have to buy bees is great. Now, if you also buying bees and bringing in new genetics, uh, I think is also there's something to be said about the importance of that. But the idea is to stop killing your bees. Um, so you're not constantly buying new bees. Wait, does that mean the show's over since you just like set the secret out there? Stop killing your bees. Oh, oh no, my big we just ended the podcast. dirty secret is out in the open. Thanks, my Greg. greatest goal with beekeeping is to keep them alive. Wow, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the contrary beekeeper well, show. Real. It's been series fun. is it's been over. Real fun. <laughs> so I was actually no, going to ask you. You go ahead. You go ahead. Go Damn ahead. it, McMurray. Uh, well, somebody go already. Come on. <laughs> so you now have your 63 hives, and next year when we do the 2020 Great American Bee Tour, if that name sticks, uh, are you still going to be getting packages? It's a matter of where 
we are with our goal and what our context is. Okay. I'm I It's a possibility if my if I need to the issue the, the, the some of the trouble with the, the why folks do that uh, if if they are selling bees is you get bees from down south that already have drones and you can bring those early drones back and it can help you get made a little, a little bit quicker yes it can you can get you three or four weeks ahead so will I bring up packages if I do it's primarily to for drones uh, to get things made a little bit sooner so I have queens available yes because everyone wants queens at the same time and it was like two weeks ago and everyone wants queens about the same time where if you live in Ohio, your queens haven't quite came back mated yet. Unless you get really lucky with weather. Yeah, for sure. So that's where it's it's, it's helpful sometimes to bring up uh, drones and things from the south so you can get your yards mated. Um, so you can also, it depends on you know how uh, how many years you are into your journey too. You, maybe you do because you want to freshen up some of the genetics. Yeah. So whether I, I will or I, I would I would guess that I probably still will, um, but I'm, if I buy bees, my goal is not because my bees were all dead and I'm buying bees. I'm buying bees because I have a certain goal to where I don't either yeah. a have enough stock or b I have some other uh, goal in mind that I can support that with by bringing more stock up from Don. Okay. But I'll we'll certainly be be uh, delivering stock, you know, packages of nukes and queens again, um, all over the place. I know I've learned a lot uh, this winter on things that I did or didn't do. Jimbo, do you have do you have any any lessons, any, any takeaways from um, your experience last year that you're kind of uh, keeping close to vest this year to build on to move forward to be more successful in whatever context that is for you? I I. I, I. I already kind of touched on this year. What my takeaway is is, is treatments. Are you yeah. going to be? Do you, is that something that you're going to be just preventatively treating, or are you have you are you going to choose to monitor and then treat accordingly? I'm I'm torn on that right now. Yeah. Because if I'm going to treat them anyways, why not preventatively treat them? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I'm leaning towards just doing preventative treatments throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, to keep them alive, and you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a chemical, uh, but I have a, I have a bees that are alive, not dead, right. And so, you know, if they can't, I, I guess you know, I don't see why they shouldn't be able to take the preventative treatments if they if they're already going to get treated anyways. Yeah, and it's that's and then, and then you're referring to a salic acid, which is a naturally uh, naturally occurring organic compound. Correct. That uh, we ingest more salic acid probably on a daily basis than those bees will ever see with all the the, the greens uh, and things that, that we actually consume. I know recently I planted a bunch of osalis flower bulbs all over the place. Um, just so I know, you know, incremental differences whether it helps or not, and I need smoker fuel anyway, so. Uh, why not dry some comfrey, some asalus flour, rhubarb, uh, and I'll add those to my smoker. It might be very small, maybe negligent, may not work at all, but uh, I like to at least think I'm in- introducing a some amount of asalic. You don't just throw a cotton rag in your smoker? Just I, I just go out there and take a <laughs> cotton grease rag and throw that rascal in there and just light them up. Just dry, add a little bit more motor oil. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Is there any, any uh, big takeaways from last year that you're... You're building on uh, 
This year? Uh, my largest one was last year. I had a very set goal of number of hives I wanted to have going into winter. Yeah. And I think that turn uh, bit me in the ass. So it pushed me to make some rather late splits. It pushed me to make splits that I probably shouldn't have. Uh, just across the board, it just definitely rushed me and gave me stress that I feel like that was not necessarily warranted. Yeah. So this year, along with it, I, I don't really have an absolute number to... I have to get to certain number of hives. If I can make more bees and a few more hives, then yeah, so be it. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because it's kind of, in the previous episode we talked about uh, would you change anything with the trip that you know with with going down to to Georgia? Would you take Black Betty to, to begin with? And you said no, I wouldn't take Black Betty to begin with because it would have gave me. You know, we've been more overconfident with what I'm doing. Yeah, and absolutely. Got a little bit, a little bit cocky. Yep. And absolutely. That forced you to take a step back and you know, yep. take, observe things, take a look at things. And I think that's so. That's, I think that's what you're kind of saying. What you're. Oh, absolutely. Re- 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 absolutely, yes. So it's just more or less just a slow and steady year, and whatever happens, happens. See where it goes. Yep. Because selling honey isn't your primary business you don't necessarily have to set firm goals no if if that was an important goal and you had an idea that you needed to make x amount of money on the farm but then you would have to have x amount of honey that you're going to make if you when you trace it back and that is a goal and then that is the goal that follows then at that point in time you're putting a number on hives um, so you can actually produce that kind of honey in the spring so until you put pencil to paper or have those kind of firm goals you know there's nothing wrong with just you know, doing your best keeping your eye on your bees and you know kind of seeing where they go yeah for sure just spend more time in the bee yard and just try to learn how to work them just a little bit better yeah trying to get better uh, every I think time there it'll be interesting for all you know, i mean maybe not as much as you greg but for me and dan this year we get to see now what different bees are, what these different bees are like. You know, the all running these fat bee man small cell. Versus yeah, the yeah. That's gonna, you know, that's something that me and you will observe. You know, and, it's, and we've already observed that it's a, a whole new ball game that these bees are super chill. We've yet to get stung on them. Yeah, and you know, so I think that's gonna be something you know, interesting for us this year. Oh, definitely. Now, just out of curiosity, because I've seen a few of you talk about it online, what are you reading? Somebody, I think someone's reading a B-sex manual around here. Yes. That's not me, though. So on the way down to um, pick up my truck that broke down, that it got fixed, uh, to fly down to Atlanta, I uh, was reading Queen Sex Essentials. That sounds pretty hot. Really hot. Is that like the kind of Really sutra? hot and steamy if you're the uh, uh, librarian bookworm type. Mm. Uh, I have a hard time with books a lot of times because I... There's so many things to get lost in the weeds with, with stuff that, while it's important, doesn't pertain to my beekeeping, per se, that I, I kind of lost, I kind of fizzled out on me. It wasn't quite as hot and steamy of a harlequin I was kind of hoping it would be. But um, so right now, I'm, I'm kind of at this phase where I'm spending more time uh, learning hands-on from Don in his yard and then trying to just apply uh, those things uh, into my yard. 
some of the biggest things that I've learned um, since last year is I need to do a better job of actually doing alcohol washes and monitoring uh, my hives. Uh, I, I want to have less uh, winter loss uh, coming out of it. On the same time, or on the same token, as soon as you think you know something about the bees, squirrely things happen. I had a single five-frame medium box overwinter like a champ. Yeah. And I had double eight-frame mediums fail. And one big thing that I noticed is that side-by-side, I had uh, a double eight in mediums and a double five in mediums. And coming into March, both of them had the same size colony. The difference being the double eight went through twice as much honey. And for the size colony they had living, they had that same size colony dead on the bottom board. Okay. And the double five frame, they had the same size colony as the eight with very few dead bees on the bottom board with a ton of honey surplus left. So I'm still learning what balance works for me with my management uh, to get get everybody through. I had dry sugar on top. Uh, I think they call it a sugar mountain... I don't. I didn't, didn't know that there was quite a name for it. I just. I just cut down. I had some two-inch uh, wide box uh, slices for me cutting some boxes down. I just threw those on top of my hives. Put a piece of newspaper and a bunch of dry sugar on one side, uh, and some hives took it. Some hives didn't. What I noticed is the hives that I thought were goners and the weakest hives going into the winter are the ones that all over winter and were awesome. Yeah. Everything that looked fat and big and I thought was appropriate going into the winter, they died. So I'm still figuring out exactly for me in my context um, what works out. But I'm primarily running nothing but five-frame boxes, mostly all mediums. I've got deeps here in the nuke yard. Um, but I'm using less and less of the eight-frame stuff uh, and primarily five-frame because I'm seeing a huge difference in brood making and getting hives um, off to a good start. But that's just here in my yard so there's a lot that we're still going to kind of chew on and uh, uh, learn from going into the spring but I think we're all in a place this year where we've had we're building on last year's experiences um, we've learned some things and we're, we're trying to do better and better uh, by the bees and keep enjoying uh, this journey one hive at a time I've noticed there's a level of calmness in everybody now as they speak about what their goal is for this year yeah. that I've I've yet to really see before and it's a little bit of confidence in there too so it makes me actually look forward to what you both are going to be doing this year a lot yeah I can't wait to see what you guys do uh, in your bee yard so uh, I guys want to thank everybody who's uh, been sharing uh, this podcra- uh, podcast uh, all the likes and subscribing it means a lot to know that you guys are listening so thanks for all that and we uh, just had 200 people in our group there you yeah, go we did for all the folks that are stopping by and buying queens and nukes i really appreciate that it helps us meet our goals and uh keep these uh, fat b-man bees going here in ohio so thanks big shout out to all you guys uh for supporting us uh so until next time be the change be the lighthouse be awesome don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. Also, people, let's I'm interested. Let's see pictures of your bee yards the way you're at right now. Show us what you're working with. We definitely want to see that and keep us updated with what's going on with your bee yards. And we'll look forward to uh, talking to you guys here real soon. Adios, muchacha. Later, bros. Later, broski. Out. Finito.
That'll work. <laughs> How about that?